0: Welcome to Utah Famous, a podcast about the people, places, and history that make Utah so unexpectedly awesome. I'm Sarah. I'm a Utah transplant with Canadian Roots. And I'm Jordan, and I'm a Beehive State native. Today, we have a special guest. My husband, Daniel, is back on the show. He was On our episode, our Halloween, one of our Halloween episodes last year, uh, the Skinwalker Ranch episode, which was a really fun one. And this year, um, we're going to go more into the true crime realm of things. He has about five stories that we're going to break up into mini sewed episodes throughout the next couple weeks, right before Halloween. These episodes are not really appropriate for kids or for easily scared adults like Sarah. Yep. <laughs> Sarah might only listen to like two episodes and then dig out. We're yeah. going to see. We're going to see, we'll see what her tummy is telling her. Yeah. Also, Grandma, this episode is not for you, so please skip. Um <laughs> So please get these mini sods and we will see you back on our regular PG rated episodes that will also be coming out. Sarah has a good spooky one that's not going to scare anyone too bad. Um, <laughs> hopefully but we'll keep we'll keep the PG 13 and R rated episodes up to Daniel Ooh. since this is basically his daily life of going through creepy stories and doing research on I mean really anything supernatural conspiracy uh true crime
1: yeah i'm the unbanned alex jones <laughs> great
0: <laughs> you're not that crazy you're just a little crazy but i'm excited i'm excited to hear uh what you have planned you have five right
1: i think that seems about right okay
0: yeah. we got five stories and um let's start up start them off Go cool
1: ahead. And I should add that none of the stories are Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems to be yes. the story everyone focuses I on. I
0: know. I know. I was thinking how we haven't done a Ted Bundy. And then after Armchair Expert, which we talked about last episode, I was like, I don't, it's overdone. Yeah. We, are, we don't need to Too talk Too much about Bundy. Him. Yeah.
1: Uh, a little more... Al Bundy, a little less Ted
0: Bundy. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly.
1: All right. The first story we're going to talk about is a person named Charles Theed, or I think that's how you pronounce it. And Charles was the first person executed in the state of Utah. Okay. So if you think about the year that Utah became a state is... <laughs>
0: 1896. <laughs> correct so, uh, yeah
1: so you knew it yeah there were definitely executions that happened before then uh b- but the once the utah became a state he was the first one officially if so
0: what year was this
1: uh let me look <laughs> just kidding
0: 1896 so it was the first year at the first year this is the they, first. they wasted no time we got right to it
1: immediately okay and there is a Wikipedia page you can just look up all the people that have been executed in Utah, and it's pretty long. I went wow. through a lot of them.
0: Is are they still do executions here? Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, oh. okay. Uh, Sarah knows. Yes.
1: So Charles Thied, this is an aside. This has nothing to do with anything. He was he's legitimately a Pomeranian, huh? Which I thought was just a dog breed. <laughs> yeah. So pom, do you know? Do you have any idea what that means, Sarah? No, none. So I guess you can be a Pomeranian if you're from this area that's between Poland and Germany. Oh. Is Pomerania? <laughs> All right. I don't know if it's still like if it's like Prussia where it like doesn't really exist anymore.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I just thought that was funny. I was like a Pomeranian.
0: All right. So when <laughs> so when did he migrate over here?
1: Uh I don't know the exact year off the top of my head, but basically he uh he was from that area he traveled to the united states he was in the military and kind of bounced around a few different places uh and eventually found his way to sandy utah oh
0: yeah as one does and as <laughs> it's, it's the most common Europe. sense thing in the world yeah
1: and he yeah so he made his way to sandy he was married and he had a kid. And so this is all kind of starting in uh, 1890, like late 1880s, I think, is kind of when he starts to gain notoriety as just a – can I swear? Yeah,
0: because this is now the PG-13. Beautiful.
1: Just a real son of a bitch, this guy. (laughs) And so in 1886, he opened – it was called the Social Hall Saloon in downtown Salt Lake City. Nice. Ooh. And I, I couldn't figure out where that was. I like to try to find the addresses, but I was having a hard time finding that one. So Social anyway.
0: Hall Saloon. Okay.
1: Uh, so he opened the Social Hall Saloon, and soon after, he was fined because he was at the saloon, and a woman walked by him <laughs> and accidentally dropped a piece of paper on his lap. And so he punched her in the face. Oh my
0: gosh. That's all she did. Yes. Did the note say anything mean? That's <laughs> such a random explanation. That's all it is. That's all. Yeah, well, so he was fined well, for this. He was fine. Well, you should be fined for punching someone.
1: Yeah. But, and then, depending on the, the source, he was always getting in trouble for either selling liquor on Sunday or then I think he got his license revoked and then he was selling without a license. And so basically for a few years, he was like, his saloon was shut down and he was always in and out of the courts for either assaults or legal issues with his saloon. So once again, real son of a bitch. (laughs) Kind of, he kind of hit a point, this this is kind of a funny thing to think about, but he hit a point where he's like, you know what? I've burned all the bridges in downtown Salt Lake City. I need to move somewhere where where I can start fresh. I can start anew. No one knows who I am, so he moved to Murray, Utah. <laughs>
0: Next he door. took the big leap. <laughs> I like went to away. Murray, which nice. I guess
1: when it was like all wagons, That's like it, it was a little bit more separation. There was
0: at least fifteen minutes away. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that um, is hilarious.
1: He opened a new saloon at forty-eight hundred South State Street which is really close oh. to kind of where we're at not really close but like yeah relatively yeah and it was interesting to think that state street has always just been kind of <laughs> <Scummy>. sketchy
0: <laughs> shady <laughs> yep
1: yeah so he opens the west side saloon and he continues his uh devious acts uh he's a notorious womanizer he's frequently abusing his wife and he welcomes prostitutes into the saloon. And so yeah. very quickly he, he started anew, but yet he starts to kind of make another name for himself in Murray as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. The night before May first, eighteen ninety-four, his wife fled uh one of their frequent fights. She she flees to a neighbor's house and when he she returns, I guess he's not very happy that he, she left. Uh, and he attacks her with, uh, with a butcher's knife. Ooh. And Sarah. slices her throat ear to ear.
0: Oh. Sarah, this is the most mild story. <laughs> this is the only story that I'm going to hear. He then goes to a different
1: <laughs> saloon, not the one that he owns, a different saloon, sp- covered in splattered blood.
0: He didn't change? No. And there's
1: the sheriff at that saloon. And he walks up and just said, "Well, I killed my wife last night."
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> just admits it with all the evidence. In- Wait, it's the next day.
1: So I think it was like, like later, in like maybe kind of in that morning. Okay. I don't. It kind of gets a little blurry. But
0: oh my gosh! Wow.
1: So the sheriff takes him in, and a mob gathers, and they decide they're going to enact some mob justice. The Sandy
0: mob Ooh, and the Murray mob. Yes. Guys. Yeah had too much of him
1: seems real dubious maybe some of the salt lake mob joined in they're like hey you got charles the down there
0: <laughs> we're he so keeps, sick of him too he keeps
1: beating up women for dropping paper on him
0: yeah
1: <laughs> anyway so the anyway so the mob gathers and then we're, we're gonna we're gonna hang this dude and so they relocate him to the Salt Lake County Jail, which He's is like
0: save him from being yeah robbed.
1: yeah to give him some time and, you know give him his day in court or whatnot. And soon after, his story changes, and all of a sudden he turns on a dime and he claims that he was not the one that killed his wife. Of
0: course, and yeah. he
1: actually went home to check on her and found her like that. And he made it just in time to hear her final words, which were, oh, Charlie, and then she died. Hmm.
0: I think it's going to be real hard to talk if your throat is sliced open.
1: I'm so glad you said that (laughs) because that's where his story falls apart. They start talking about this in, uh, I don't know if it was officially in court or just kind of surrounding the proceedings. And the point is made that it's really difficult to say words when your head is clearly almost off all the way, which hers was. And then someone else pointed out that the amount of blood splatter on his clothes was inconsistent with someone that was about to die like, and had already, you know, right? Yeah, like her, her blood had... would have still had to, have, or her heart would have still had to have been beating and it would have had to have been like immediately after to get that quantity of blood splatter on him.
0: Did he represent himself in court? Because I, Ooh, I hope that's so. a common theme where narcissists that kill people think they can then represent themselves. I mean, I think that's what Ted Bundy did, but I other, I mean, that is like a common thing. They think they're so invincible that they can represent themselves.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I guess we
0: don't know if it technically was like a trial.
1: Yeah, I, I think that uh, there were, you know, there were prosecutors and everything. So was, this was all part of the trial. Um, but I'm not sure if he represented himself. That would sound pretty consistent, though. <laughs> um. So anyway, so he's found guilty. And as we know, because of the beginning, spoiler alert, he's sentenced to hang. But you think that this is basically the end of the story. And there's still a few more pieces that are, like, really still very entertaining. So the the sheriff or the judge or someone, they decide, we're not going to hang him the regular way. We're going to try this new way of hanging someone. Uh-oh. So the way that you usually hang someone, you position them above a trap door. The trap door opens. They fall. And usually it breaks your neck, and that's how but you're dead. But we're a
0: state now, and so we don't have to do it the old-fashioned way. Well, <laughs>
1: it's new times, you know. We're almost to the 1900s. It's
0: almost a new decade, Yeah, new it,
1: technology is changing. <laughs> and so they decide they're going to try a different method of hanging where he just stands on level ground and they use a system of pulleys and weights and they drop a 400 pound lead weight what? from a from a height and it falls and that is what he throw, breaks his neck and then it pulls him up in the air, he just go in the
0: air. <laughs> <laughs> so how much does he weigh uh, i uh, did not know like how an much he weighed man, <laughs> just
1: i mean probably not much judging by the look of him um Anyway, so they hired this, like, outside firm that comes from, like, Oregon to build this special contraption.
0: They're making, this is like, a, a lot of production this of This is effort right now.
1: Isn't this? Yeah. And because he's so notorious for being a real son of a bitch and also the additional spectacle of this fancy way of hanging him, like, a crowd gathers and, like, journalists. And it's, like, this big to-do. And here's the thing. I, I mostly am going off of two different sources, and there's a little discrepancy here between the two. The one says the contraption worked fine, but for some reason was never used again, which seems weird. Oh the yeah. The other ex-
0: it worked fine. It worked fine. We, we're not going to use it again. The it other source says
1: back. it did. It did not work fine, and it did not break his neck. Oh. Which led him to struggle for nearly fifteen no. minutes. No before he actually died.
0: I mean, he deserves it, but I don't love to hear that.
1: Which is then like okay, that's why they didn't use this again. Like to me that's <laughs> that source made a little bit more sense right. because the other one was like it worked great. They paid this firm from Oregon and then they never used and it again. Like that didn't make was, as much right. sense. But but it's also like so many people hated him that maybe this got added because someone was like, yeah, and he didn't even die right away. Like, I don't know. It's it, it's hard when you're dealing with stories from this era, right? Yes. Right. So you think this was done. No, there's still a few more pieces to the story. Uh, so after this happens uh, and he's dead, immediately after, an arsonist burns his saloon down that he oh. built. <laughs> and then residents of Murray and residents of Conwood Heights refused to let them bury his body in their cemeteries. Wow. And they set up around-the-clock guards to try to keep them from putting his body in their cemeteries. And it was like this ongoing thing where nobody wanted him buried there. Huh. And finally, they kind of snuck his body into the Sandy Cemetery, (laughs) which is apropos because that's originally where he... Right, that's where he
0: landed originally. Yeah. His first home that hated him
1: but the next day the residents of sandy were like whoa hold on charles steed <laughs> we do not want him in our cemetery and so he was only buried there for one day and then the residents forced them to disinter his body oh and gosh. bury it unmarked in a field next to the graveyard
0: oh it's oh, next to it, my it's gosh. Just like it oh, no way is yeah. it that's crazy yeah i wonder like if it was I mean, it had to have been part of the cemetery because like it's developed now, probably, uh, yeah, or that's, someone's yeah. that was my immediate knife.
1: question after reading this is like, yeah. where did his body end up because probably it just ended up getting incorporated into a cemetery, but it's I like want to go huh. look for it,
0: and now and that's he... a
1: story of the Pomeranian Charles the <laughs>
0: Charles Theed now he haunts State Street in Murray. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm guessing. For some sure. people
1: say <laughs> if you go to uh, 4800 South State, is that what I Yeah, you can still hear the sound of him struggling on the end of the news.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you can still. Oh good. You can
1: hear the sound of falling paper. Yeah. I'm literally picturing 4800
0: South State, and I'm trying to remember. There's like the dance, the Murray dance hall right there. Yeah. And the
1: costume, the former costume. Yeah. Is that 48? That's yeah. right
0: there. That's amazing. Awesome. There you go. Great. Great. Well, I'm going back to Utah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Utah Famous. To see all our episodes and what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at Utah Famous. We'd love to hear from our listeners, so don't be shy. Email us at utahfamous at gmail.com. And if you have some spare time, please rate and review our podcast so other Utah enthusiasts can find us. And don't forget to subscribe so you can get our latest episodes right when they come out.